This is your host, Brian Betts. Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. We are at Exo Coffee Roast. I am with our wonderful pastors, Pastor Andy Littleton, Pastor Eric Seepin. Uh, so, our banter went a little bit long, and that was somebody's fault. Maybe it was me, maybe it was one of you, most likely it was me. But I heard that uh, your church specifically has become quite a fan of, with the exception of my banter, has become a fan of the show, and that's very exciting. That's- I guess, yeah. They, they keep telling me they're listening. So, yeah, listening. Hello, church. It's good to, good <laughs> hello, to church. Hello, the village. Hello, Japan. <laughs> yes, and by the way, Japan, something for you. Uh, yesterday, it was 53 degrees in the middle of the night, which I've been told from a friend of mine who used to live in Japan, that's like as cold as your winters get. So uh, we've still got a long way to go, and it's interesting to hear of a place that has a warmer winter uh, than us here in Arizona, but uh, a little bit of something in common right there. A little fun fact. Yeah. Or uh, based on someone's experience, maybe not cataloged information. But yeah, I wanted to dive into that really quick. I haven't been able to give you some time to speak, but you've also been eating. How's your sandwich? Hey, it's great. And uh, today it comes with spicy pickles. It's just, is it me? or We're at Exo Coffee in Tucson. It's just kind of hopping today. There's more people. It There's is. More I was going to say that. It's, uh, people maybe have a hard time hearing us today just because of how many people are here. It's just today. a lot of people. It's But hey. Uh, if you're, you know, if you're in the area or near an airport in Japan, fly on down, <laughs> come to EXO. And uh, today, if you get here today, if you get on that airplane really quick, um, spicy pickles. Yeah. And they're good. And everything here is kind of locally sourced and delicious. And it's great. We love this place. So thanks to EXO for letting us hang out. And uh, anyway, back to back to the topic at hand. Sorry, Brian. Definitely. I thought I'd make a little shout out there. No worries. Uh, so what are our listeners looking like? Our, our listeners, we're up to 74 listeners. Awesome. So I think that's maybe, I think one time we hit 80. So yeah. we're kind of flexed between 75 to 80 listeners. But our goal, as we've been saying, is 1,000 listeners. Mm-hmm. We want to we turn this into yeah. a big thing, become superstar podcasters. Oh, that's, uh, that's it? That's yes, what we're doing? Yeah. That's, you know. Feel free to like it and yeah. uh, subscribe, whatever that looks like. Uh, like it on, like us on Facebook. We're on iTunes. We're on a couple other podcasting uh, things that I don't remember. <laughs> I signed we believe in yeah. small churches and big podcasts? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. small, that's, in yeah. fact, I think that's that thing, is actually. our name, Small Churches Big Podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> so feel free to share it with your friends. Uh, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about... Uh, what we want this podcast to be a little bit later. But uh, first, we have a conference coming up. Not we, but specifically Pastor Eric Seepin is uh, planning this conference, the Village Conference, correct? Yes, the Village has a uh, discipleship conference happening November 2nd to November 4th. It's two and a half days long. It's $65. There's even some housing accommodations if you sign up quickly. There's scholarships. Um, people from all over the world, country are coming. In fact, hopefully, uh, some people from Nepal are going to be there. What? And Ghana. And we're, we're really, this wow. is exciting. We've, we're talking to consulates. We don't know if this is going to happen or, you know, helping people get their visas and that stuff, but they're definitely interested and wanted to be part of it. And Eric, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit something right now. Like, I don't know if I believe you. Just, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> I'm telling you As I'm hearing this, the I'm God saying, no. honest truth. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's been really surprising. They just randomly found it on the internet and 
Yeah. Um, our administrator's been in conversation with them. So That's amazing. Yeah, That's that, crazy. That has been really cool. Um, the mic is turning. Oh, knows? wow, it's facing me. Yeah, is there that, you go. There you go. <laughs> if there's a red light. No, yeah. the red light. That red light's always yeah. pointing at me, so I figured maybe so, that's yeah, why I, I speak so quickly and nervously. So let's see what uh, it does to you. Yeah, it's like, ah, it's mm-hmm. bright. So I, you can go register at the Village Conference 2017.com. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you can see pictures of me you can go through the links you can see the schedule the hotels that are available yeah it's uh i'm excited it's still nerve-wracking but i think the big part of our community is that we don't have to have it perfect we're going to offer what we have and in our brokenness we hope that the holy spirit will um, show up and and transform people so and with all these people coming from all these different places, just as important, we want you there too. So uh, go to the link again. That's uh, Village Conference 2017.com. Yes. So I, w- I have a quick confession. Uh oh. So I and I'm not going to. Ta- I'm not taking anything back about my criticisms of the fidget spinner, but I was a. Part- <laughs> I'm a part of a, a wine club, and I don't drink wine, so I know that's very confusing. One day I'll probably like explain that whole process. But <laughs> uh, they, sometimes are they you sim- a part? Do you um, have a fidget spinner that doesn't spin? No, uh, well, like, I'll, like I'll, I'll explain it like that. They, they send these little good packages. Like there's loot crates of the different companies, stuff like that. They have their own thing called uh, NP Goods, North Knocking Point Goods, and. In this most recent shipment that I wasn't expecting because I had canceled because I'm moving, I got a fidget spinner. And it's thankfully it's not this crappy, like, cheap plastic one. And all the criticisms that I had of the fidget spinner, like, I'm not taking any of those back. But If there's I anyone love, that needs a fidget spinner, it's Brian. <laughs> if anyone needs a fidget spinner, it's me. That is very correct. And I love my fidget spinner. Really? I think it's so much fun. I didn't bring it today because... Um, yeah, I'd really just leave it at home and like I'll just spin it a few times and then set it down. But yeah, I just want to confess that I have one and I do have have made criticisms about it. I don't take those back, but I just wanted to let you guys Man, know. I'm really glad that you got that out. <laughs> yeah, it sounds, yeah. sounds like something you really needed to talk about. Right? I know, I know, it's really important to me. <laughs> but there's something that you really wanted to talk about today. Um, well, been, yeah. Yeah, there was an article that was published recently, and there's been a lot of news. Yeah, there, there are a lot of articles. That yeah. are there are recently. lots of articles. Yeah, there's no yeah, this shortage is the, of yeah, articles. This is the only one. No, uh, is it's it? regarding. Uh, there's been a lot of protests uh, yeah. from uh, the NFL players around. Uh, yeah, it's the NFL. It's the NBA. I mean, we got. Golden State Warriors, Steve Kerr. I mean, who? Yeah. That's and that's just the tip of the eye. These are the guys that are getting a lot of right. airtime at the moment. Yeah. I mean, just just on a note, like, is it getting to you at all? Just utterly overwhelming and hard to care because of just how much stinking information there is, and like how many articles and how many things going. Like, I can't keep it straight. My wife texted me in the like in the morning yesterday. I was walking over to our neighbor's house, and she said, "Are we at war with North Korea?" And I was like, "I have no idea." I, I seriously don't know. I don't even and know. If, and I don't know how I would even tell anymore. Yeah. And I just got on the, you know, and then I get on the internet and it's like, so Trump's tweeting, which is no surprise, and North Korea is saying that we've declared war through that. And then you've got, 
you know, people boycotting the NFL or, you know, becoming NFL fans for the first time in their lives or whatever, or deciding they hate the Golden State Warriors and deciding the Warriors aren't so bad after all, and even though they've never watched sports or whatever, you know, and and people are just going berserko. Well, that's just, that, that was yesterday. And I, I have the sneaking suspicion that today it's all, there's about a million new articles and we've all moved on. I heard something that the news cycle is something like four hours right now. That a news story is only relevant for about four hours. Yeah. Isn't and that, I mean, it, I can't keep up. And a lot of times they'll just like take the, the same topic and spin it and they'll add more to it. Man, yeah. It's just crazy. Well, I think it's become, you know when you go to the doctor's office and you hear the music playing in the background and you sort of recognize the songs but you're not really thinking about it and you're like yeah. oh oh yeah that's Prince or oh yeah and then you just kind of move on it's Bruce Hornsby yeah it's uh, yeah. now that's what CNN is and that's what um, it's just background noise yeah so you have a specific article in front of you that you pulled up for us and had mentioned us previously um, uh, what article are you referring to yeah, so this one kind of caught my eye in the midst of all the, the fray. And so what a, it was interesting because Washington Post, and it was, uh, it was by, um, yeah, it was in, in a faith section. I think this isn't a regular writer there. His name is Michael Frost. He seems to be a, a faith writer probably. Michael Frost. We're talking about Michael Frost, yes. Oh, he, He's yeah, from yeah. Australia. Yes, he's from yes, Australia. He wrote uh, The Shape of Things to Come. Oh, and see, look at that. Yes. Eric knows who My co-pastor, kind of your mentor of yeah. sorts, is has sat many hours with Michael Frost and there talked to him. So yeah. Michael Frost. Look there at we that. Go. So we are two, you know, what is it? Peas degrees, and a Two no. degrees <laughs> of, of separation. separation from Michael Frost, who we're about to hear about. There you go. Okay. So, yeah, Michael Frost. So he was in Washington Post, and it's, uh, yeah, a tale of two Christians on their knees. So he's talking about Tim Tebow and Colin Kaepernick, both who, in their own ways, like by by bowing publicly on television as NFL players, have made stands um, as Christians. It would seem so. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't realize Kaepernick was a Christian, but I guess he actually um, was. I think he was adopted. They were getting into and and raised in a Christian home, and has a lot of you know. There's a lot of faith behind a lot of his thinking. He exercises that very differently, probably applies it in very different ways than, uh, than a good old Tim Tebow. And, uh, and then you had Tim Tebow, who, you know, was, was kind of the, the poster boy, you know, for, for Christians. Well, he was in the NFL and has made quite a career of, of that. And in college, yeah. Um, and by bowing and everybody, you know, so everybody loves it. In Christian circles, right? So in Christian circles, you loved the bowing Tim Tebow. But outside of Christianity, it was kind of a mockery. Like, what a joke, right? Mm-hmm. And then now, within conservative circles, I would say, you people are just furious at Colin Kaepernick. But if you're outside of the church, you, you love it. You love that he's bowing. You love, you know, what he's doing, which has this religious significance. And so Michael Frost is getting into, like, here's two... two men who kind of represent, you know, two different sides of the coin, but they're both, they both have their reasons that, that tie into Christianity. They're both on the coin. Yeah, they're both on the coin, and he suggests at the end that it, you know, it shouldn't be one or the other, it should be both, um, that, that Christians should bow for both reasons, that, you know, the reasons Tim Tebow does and the reason Colin Kaepernick does, not one or the other, um, 
And, you know, so this just makes me think of, I mean, there's all sorts of questions that have come up at, in our community, at our church, like how do you engage in a secular world? You know, and so here's two guys who are in the public eye attempting to engage with the secular world as as Christians. Um, one way is appealing to some, one way is appealing to, to others. Yeah, I don't know. I just want to see where that, that conversation takes us. What do you think? Well, I mean, it seems like if we're going to talk about it, we have to talk about what is our role as followers of Jesus in the political world because these are political statements, right? They're, they're saying... With Colin Kaepernick, and that they one can't pledge allegiance because of particular acts of the state that seem to go against what they think is the way of the gospel. Yeah. Right? So there's that. Um, with Tim Tebow, it's a way of it's his personal life being modeled in front of people, and he believes in that. Right. You know that 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 life with the touchdowns and the honoring of God and all that kind of stuff. It's something he does in his private life. At least we assume. Well, and we know from what we ca- what's been documented of how he goes about offering himself um, outside of his professional life and right. caring for people. And, and, and he intertwines that with evangelism where Kaepernick might be a little different. But right. really, I guess the question for me is how am I supposed to be involved politically? Right. Whether, how do I, am I called to make statements? Mm-hmm. What's it mean to pledge the allegiance to so my kids being pledging the allegiance in class? Right. Like, you know, what are, to the state? Like, what are we, yeah. what yeah. are we doing here? That's uh-huh. a good conversation. There's all sorts of interesting stuff there. Yeah, like, yeah, how do you, I mean, I remember I grew up in a, in a Christian middle school and I remember it struck me that we had to, we had to have a Christian flag. Mm-hmm. Right. And which was, that, that always just seemed kind of odd to me as a kid. I don't know why, but we pledged allegiance to America and we pledged allegiance to the Christian flag. And, um, you know, I, these days like that, just the concept of, of both of those, like, why do we, why did we model kind of statehood when we attempted to, to pledge allegiance to Christ? Why do, why did we model it after the way that we pledge allegiance to states? Mm. It's almost like, I don't know, that, that seemed odd to me. And then, um, yeah, like, is, what does it mean to pledge allegiance to a, to a country? You know? Well, and I think it's so ingrained in our American politics. I mean, the 13 original colonies up to the 1800s, most of them still in their state legislators, legislations had, you had to pledge allegiance mm-hmm. to Jesus yeah. to be a legislator. Yeah. So you had to, you yeah. had to make those two things, even though we had separation of church and state, were married still. Um, and they have oh, yeah. all been in our country. But I think what, you know, yeah. Peter says when he says we're sojourners, like if you talk to most, the average Joe Christian does not see himself as a sojourner. Right. Somebody who's wandering through, who doesn't belong to America, is only right. present in America. And that that's a hard... You have to begin to ponder, what does that mean to, to not belong here? Yeah. And it's, it seems like, I mean, I, I'm, not the, I'm not the great historian here, but it seems like over and over there have been these attempts um, or experiments to create, like, the... You know, to bring Christianity to bear in the world, to, to have, like, a you know, a little, a haven, if you will. And so where, where Christianity rules and you, yes, of course there's the, the Roman empire version of that, you know, the, sure. the Holy Roman empire, there's that. 
Um, then there's, but then there's stuff like John Calvin's Geneva, um, you know, where, you know, Geneva's going to be the, and it, and it really was like, uh, it thrived. Uh, it wasn't done perfectly, but it didn't stick. Um, you could say like, you know, something like Abraham Kuyper and the Dutch tradition, that, mm-hmm. you know, somebody like our co-pastor Rod would, would be more familiar with that. Well, and pretty much the whole Puritan movement in the, the United States Puri- is, yes. is a big part of what we're dealing with right now. Yeah, right. And then it, right, it transfers over to where the United States are viewed as, as somewhat of a, you know, a fulfillment of, of prophecy and a yeah. fulfillment of, of, uh, you know, promises, you know, shadowed back in, in the book of Exodus and yes. stuff like that. So yeah. now if, yeah, right. So if that were the case, if this was indeed, like if America was the culmination of all biblical prophecy, which... We're in trouble. Yeah, we're in, well, you're right. <laughs> we are in trouble. And we don't have really good reasons to think that would be outside of being ethnocentric. Right. But, <laughs> but, um, but it, you know, if it were, then it would make sense to assume that our government would be, you know, absolutely bowing its knee to to Jesus Christ at all times as it should be or whatever. Um, but if it's but if it's not, if this is just another nation that rises and falls, um, and then righteousness, doing good things in accordance with the law of God would be good and beneficial. But that's not. But we are not the culmination. This is not where it's all going to happen. Um, then this assumption, you know, doesn't make, doesn't make a lot of sense, but I think we all do live many of us, if not all of us, like there's a little piece ingrained that we are, we're something very special, Yes, you know, and that somehow God's involved in that. Yeah. And we at least grew up with families or in cult, in a culture that assumed that. Right. Yeah. Well, I wonder if you, you take Kaepernick's kind of position that he's viewing the bow, the, the bowing during the, the it's during the national anthem, right? I mean, uh, I don't watch right. enough sports to actually I, know how this works. But, actually, yeah, th- <laughs> this is bowing. another reason we're weird pastors <laughs> but, is we don't watch a lot of football. The issue is yeah. that maybe he views this as like a statue of Nebuchadnezzar. He's, he views yeah. it as he's not he's trying to say this is not the god this is i'm not going to to bow to something but he's actually bowing to a different god he's not going to do the thing that you're supposed to do right for this god i think that originally uh kaepernick saw the united states and what it was supposed to stand for was inequality inequality uh, oh, they, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was supposed to. Yes. Yeah, I know. It was, it was supposed to stand for equality, right? But he wasn't seeing that in the events that were transpiring around him, right? So uh, he refused to stand because of that, right? And I feel like now it's basically become this thing of uh, the, the national anthem and the flag is not being protested. It's just becoming a me the vehicle it's, for. They're saying you're not upholding this. Yes. Like the values that undergird it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The via- it's become a vehicle for protesting racial inequality yeah. and everything. Yeah. I mean, this is very much connected to racial inequality. Yes. Yeah. Which goes oh, yeah. back to one, I think, one of our better podcasts that we, yeah. we talked about that issue. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, but I, I think that a lot of these players aren't saying, like, we hate America right. and everything like that. But I, I, you did touch on something regarding um, <clears throat> Peter, Peter being a sojourner and. Uh, like a wanderer and uh, kind of the idea of us being wanderers as well uh, so what extent are we 
supposed to be wanderers in how involved should we be in politics as everyday Joes, everyday yeah. believers? Those are those are yeah, those are very well, great questions. And there's the the divide. <laughs> you know what what he's saying in this article is he's getting just at that divide that exists within Christianity, and he's saying we're seeing it. You know, sneak into you know NFL right. game time, and and essentially he's saying that there's. Um, yeah, there are two sides of the church. One um, is very, like, kind of like you were saying, Eric, like deal, dealing with the personal relationship with Jesus Christ, personal sins, uh, a personal gospel. This is my faith, Tim Tebow, being lived out in front of you. Look at right. my personal life, and I have personal convictions. Right. And then the other is more of a public protest, kind of suggesting, like, you know, I, I can't stand within this system. I can't. I can't do what this system is doing. I need to expose it. Um, you know, and those are, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a public and political, you know, gospel that the gospel touches all of those things. And people seem to be very, you know, unsure about the two. They kind of go back and forth, like on certain issues. Cause he was saying the Tim Tebow folks in the world, you get into some, into, you know, issues like, gender and abortion and stuff like that and all of a sudden it is a public issue it goes beyond the private life right um in in those areas that that would be they would view as touching in on personal morality right um but then you know then something that's more systemic that somebody would say look this is a systemic injustice that goes way back those people would say look no you know that's not that's that's not something that affects me personally so or or you know and so we shouldn't you can't call out the whole nation on, on something like this. But Kaepernick's kind of coming from a different school right. in which you should and you do those things. Well, it seems to me, though, that, I mean, if we look, this whole way of, of even analyzing how we understand ourselves in the context yeah. of government is new. Yeah. Because if we look at a Pauline mode or a you look yeah. at Peter or you look at Jesus We're, Kaepernick is not following that and neither no. is Tim Tebow no. because theirs is very built around the gospel being a transformative thing not through public demonstration I mean Paul right. raised up it, and he, I mean, he got himself in trouble by casting out you know the demon out of a woman who right. was driving him nuts but not yeah. because he, he was just he wasn't up. trying to make a point. Yeah, he wasn't trying to, okay, I'm going to go do this. He understood what kind of upheaval that was going to create in the culture. He didn't want that yeah. upheaval. He decided that that's what God was calling him to. But I, so it's hard for me now in that because we have so much freedom. We can talk about the systemic injustice. Nobody was talking about the systemic injustice in the Roman Empire. You go, of which there was an insane amount. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Paul's little narrative on sexuality in Romans is a chapter. Yeah. And he makes it just very clear in, in a very perverse place. He's yeah. like, okay, well, this is the perversion. Now let's move on to who the Spirit of God is and what he's right. done and who Jesus is. And there seems to be an assumption in Paul and Jesus and the apostles, and, and I would venture to say even a lot more of the Old Testament than we like to realize there's an assumption that the the culture by and large is not going to be the haven for right. the faith. In right. fact, it will be exactly the opposite. Um, and so, you go when you go in with that assumption, you're not looking for the the culture to live out the faith. Right. And so, both both uh, 
both Thibault and Kaepernick are are asking the culture to live out the faith. Yes. And the, there's an interesting tension because there's a lot of I, folks that I like that. That's yeah. Good. <laughs> there's a lot of folks that that don't want the culture to live out the faith, you know. But then, but then all of a sudden, when the faith undergirds an issue that's dear to them, then it okay, maybe I do. Right. You know. Right. Um, but that's that's what both of these guys are looking Uh-oh, for. Brian's about to make a point. <laughs> yeah, Brian's about to make a point. <laughs> village folks this is what the train is all about when the train goes by Brian's having a thought we stop and we ask him Brian what's your point (laughs) there you go there it is there There it is wow the point is always pretty much that train was so rude before we like lose your point I really can you repeat what you said because you said both Kaepernick and Tebow are asking the culture to live out the values of Christianity. Yeah, to live out the faith. To live out the faith. Yeah. I, I think that's profound because in some ways there's a flaw in both of their ways of right. perceiving. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so then the, yeah, so with, with Paul and some examples I've been thinking about in the Old Testament, there's there's Daniel, and we've talked a little bit about this, you know, Daniel um, and Nebuchadnezzar's Babylonian kingdom, but then another one that that really interests me that I was reading about recently would be Joseph Mm -hmm. um, in Egypt. Right. And so here are people who are a part of a covenant with God. They're they're within. There's a community of of God that they they understand that they're a part of. They have very specific promises of God that have been given to them. God's um, made them His own, and then they're they're placed in the middle of a secular culture and they they seem and, and from my reading of it to understand that that secular culture is not the haven for them right. it's not the haven for the people of God they're in it they're in the midst of it and the whole um, the whole story of Israel in the Old Testament is different and it's pointing to something it's that's a, a government ruled by God mm-hmm. that's pointing us to something it's right. it's pointing us to a to a future reality that right. that none of us have ever seen um but that's not that's not the norm, and that's and the Israelites are always being placed in these other in these other secular environments, and I think that's what we learn from. So I think about Joseph, who rises through the ranks and becomes very influential in Egypt. How did he do it? You know, like wasn't Egypt? I mean, I don't know as much about ancient ancient Egypt as I should, but I'm assuming they don't worship the one true God. I'm assuming there are practices <laughs> right, right, right. that they that are that are problematic. Um, we we know that they were racist. Right, um, and and so how does Joseph become an influencer there? Does he get there by? Is he protesting? Um, is he making a scene? Is he uh, acting as a prophet to them? It's interesting that he even makes it as a slave. I mean, oh, he yeah. raises up as somebody who was sold into slavery, right? In prison, yeah. So what he uses is the divine knowledge of God, right? Yeah, he uses the Wisdom. divine po- power. Yes. Yeah, power and the wisdom and the spirit of God. Yes, that kind of baffles people that how the things he does make sense and work. Right, and uh, and I can't imagine he got here by walking into Pharaoh's palace and going, "I won't," you know, "Oh, this this government's corrupt. I can't stand you. I won't have any part of it." I mean, you're not going to get you're not going to get trusted and promoted. At some point, he had to decide, "I'm a stranger here." Right, you know, and and I'm going to be faithful to my God, and I'm going to seek His wisdom and His power right. in the midst of this situation. And the same would be true of Daniel in, in Babylon. 
and um, and so then there there are certain places you won't go, right? And there are certain things you, you won't, won't do. do. Yeah, but your goal is not to make that secular state conform to the the faith that you profess, right? And I wonder a lot of times we we want the culture around us to conform to. The, the basically, for a shortened version, the Ten Commandments. We right. want them to conform to that instead of being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Right. So, and, and I think a lot of that is because evangelicals and fundamentalists, maybe like us, right. have, we've lost our sense of power. Yeah. Like we, of the Holy Spirit, like of the fire. We, th- we think that the power that we need is that sheltering yes. of, of the faith by the government. Well, it's interesting, you know, Jeremiah 29, you know, when the Israelites are in exile and they want out, I mean, they are looking forward to going home, they, God says through Jeremiah, uh, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) And not only that, you know, you get married, plant gardens, make this your city and pray for it because how it goes, you go. So it's not like transform this city into a Jewish city, it's hunker down here create your communities and pray fervently for the community so that it will succeed so that you can succeed. Yeah, seek the good of the city. Yeah, I think well, that's that's different. Seeking the good of the city is very different than political activism. Yeah. And now, we better learn to figure out how to explain that. Right. And because, and, and you know, then there is that's and that's where it does get a little sticky because somewhere in there, like the good of the city, if somebody's being oppressed, does seeking the good of the city mean you say something like, say, no, this isn't right and stand against it? Yeah, well, that's you know? a good question. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I don't know if you've ever listened at all or followed Dave Gibbons no. from New Song, but one of the things that he said that really impressed me, made me think for a while, is like we use the wrong matrix for our churches. Yeah. We use numbers and baptisms. We don't say, okay, there are this number of churches in a community, so what's the crime rate? Yeah. Yeah. What's right. the what's what's the poverty rate? Because mm-hmm. he says if the church is successful, then the city will be successful yeah. and that those numbers will be lower because of the community. And then you're like, yeah. wow, we have strong churches because right. they're they're bringing the gospel to bear. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with we don't stand. I think there's a difference between standing with the oppressed and protesting for the oppressed. Yeah, and I think we have to figure out what that means because I think it, you know, it means that their struggles have to become our struggles. It needs to be deeper. I yeah. mean, there was a there was an interesting um, piece on the TV show Blackish, and, and I was I love re- Blackish. It's a great <laughs> show. It has and, some things that I'm uncomfortable with, but yes. yeah, yeah, it, it and, definitely makes me uncomfortable. It makes me think. Yeah, and I was listening to some commentary from behind the scenes, and the one of the writers was saying that, essentially, it was like he had encountered something with one of his kids where they had done something in protest that he, he looking back on his life, like in, in earlier times when protest meant you actually stood next to somebody and risked being beaten with them and, you know, on their behalf. Right. And he was like, so you're protesting by, I think it was putting an all black screen on your Instagram. Like that, that's, that's a protest, you know, hold on. Right. Right. Yeah. And so there is something that we're, we're losing. And maybe that goes back to my whole thing about just how much stinking news there is and, and how much like barrage of content, but you know, a real, a real protest would need to cost you dearly. I mean, think about, so now Daniel in Babylon, right? So when he does 
when he does protest something, when he refuses to bow, in his case. So he's not just bowing publicly, he's refusing to bow. And he's bowing very privately in, a, in the closet of his room. Yeah. But when he refuses to bow, it's he and his friends are gonna they're gonna suffer together, and they ha- and they decide that they're willing to do that, right? Mm. Um, and that's there's there's something very different about being willing to suffer with somebody, which is the definition of compassion, right? You know, compassion, suffer with, like that. When you really deeply, when this matters to you, you're willing to to suffer for it. And I'm not saying Kaepernick nor Tebow don't suffer for some of the stuff they do. I think they might, yeah, both yeah. of them in their own ways. Um, but, I wonder. I'm just curious when you say when you say that. Um, what do you think the gods? of our culture like what are the the gods that they're the culture itself both in political and social and all those are asking us to bow to oh, yeah. that we shouldn't be bowing to like that, that that's that it's going to cost us if we don't bow yeah um self-expression is one that comes to mind and that's an interesting one because it's very Intriguing. I I want self-expression, right? Who doesn't? Yeah. Um, I mean, there would be. I don't know. I immediately think of uh, Jamie Smith, James K. A. Smith's recent books, like Desiring the Kingdom and You Are What You Love, and he talks about. Yes. I like, um, I like his books. Yeah. Yeah. Plug plug. But he uh, he talks about a few things, like, and one of them is actually sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like sports entertainment, um, consumerism, uh, one of them is, is kind of, yeah, nation state military, mm-hmm. like that you will, you will love this more than God and defend this first. This will be number one. Right. Um, I recently saw a, a post by someone that, you know, I know and love and respect and they listed three things that, that would, they said will never change about them. The first was support for the military. The second was support for the police. And the third was belief in God. I thought the order of that was really <laughs> <Very> interesting. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, those are, those off the top of my head, those are, those are a couple I see. How about, there's more. There's yeah. Well, big, I think when you talk about self-expression, I think that my right for self-expression, my right to have, uh, my opinion being heard, yeah. my right to to having people around me who agree with me. Um, I, I think America, like I think, selfishness is such a big god in our culture, and it's a subtle god. But we're all asked to bow to ourselves, yeah. and to like, to, it's self-service. Like I mean, McDonald's is the exam is like the epitome of who we are. In so many parts yeah. of our lives. So, so what does it look like to be a Christian mm-hmm. in that? What are we What are we calling people to? I mean, I think I like what you said about to be compassionate. I can't be selfish. Right. To have the law of Christ, which Galatians talks about, uh, which is love God and love others. That's, yeah, there's your protest. How do you play that out? You know, you sit next to the person who is politically opposed to you and you love them and you you just feel super uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, or... I mean, and there's so many ways that we do that. Yeah. And and think about what... Think about what that could do. I was just... Uh, yesterday, really good... I, 
I really post on anything on Facebook anymore, and I posted something about TV shows watching because uh, there was a show on the idea of myth and uh, myth and eternity. I forget the name of it exactly, but it, it was C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien's mm. relationship, and it was on PBS. Okay, and um, it was it was excellent. It was very good. Um, a lot of different. There were perspectives of their their ways of thinking, but really good stuff. And it, it all centered around the discussion that seems to have led to Lewis's conversion from being you know, kind of an atheist agnostic to being a Christian with um, with Tolkien and and I'm forgetting the name of Chesterton. the other. Chesterton no. was influential, but it was started with a D last name for yeah, some he, reason. It's yeah, skipping my uh, McDonald. Right? McDonald was also. He was and I'm about part to of quote that, McDonald. He was part of that group. Uh, Chesterton and McDonald were influential in Lewis's life, but the discussion there was another guy from from the school. I'm forgetting. I'm, I'm sorry. Working out too. But um, but the, I mean these these people you know walked with Lewis for for a long time and for years and had a lot of meaningful discussions with somebody and they disagreed and they had this interesting discussion about myth and. And you know when, like, what there myth really myth points to, true. and that and that myth can can be true, and that there's that the myths point to something that's actually true in history, and that when historical truth and myth and the beauty of myth combine, then you found something really deep and meaningful sure. and true. Anyway, the the but the there was a quote by George MacDonald that pushed Lewis over the edge. In Surprised by Joy, he writes about it in his final chapter, Checkmate. And this was the quote that I think gets at this, what we're talking about right now. And McDonald's quote is, the one principle of hell is, I am my own. Mm. You know? Yeah. And that was, I mean, and he was talking to the Western world, and, and that, that's pretty applicable to anybody. And I think that, I think we're still, I think we're still there. I mean, we, 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 can, we can protest and we can put our faith out in front of everybody all day long, but at the end of the day, that... That idea, I belong to myself. Like, that's the hard one to renounce. So, what I found is interacting with. uh, Well, actually, I would say uh, I don't have conversations on Facebook about politics. I stay as far away from it as possible. But I have a lot of very politically active friends. Uh, and I'll see uh, my liberal f- friends argue with my conservative friends. And uh, then you'll see friends of friends and be able to comment on that. And then you're just having these conversations or arguments. And you see a name, a picture, and a name. Yeah. But really what really defines your view of that person is that idea or topic that you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And not this whole person that you're conversing with. Yeah. I feel like there's so, it's so important to have these conversations face-to-face with the community and that's really real impact that happens. Not necessarily on Facebook in the conversation. I feel like God can still move in those ways and make impacts there. But it's, uh, it's so crucial that we have those conversations uh, face-to-face with uh, lifelong conversations, hopefully. Right. But um, what, one thing that I wanted to have a discussion about uh, that I didn't clear beforehand. Uh, but <laughs> next week, uh, Andy will not be with us. It'll be me and Eric. We had a wonderful conversation towards the beginning of this podcast between me and Andy, just us two, uh, yeah. about his life. And I'm hoping to have that conversation next week with Eric. 
And we had one about Brian, but he won't. The, the, don't he, worry, he's I was refusing just, the, to let it go on the air. The, the reason why is because we're going to have that conversation in two <laughs> weeks. Next week, uh, oh well, actually three weeks. Uh, Next week, <laughs> next week will be or, me. Or we'll Eric. just post the one that we already did. Once you get to Korea, no, we'll like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, so, buddy. Uh, next week, uh, we'll have that conversation with Eric, and the week after, we ha- we'll have uh, Pastor Rob and Pastor Rod. Rod, Rod. Rod I'm so sorry, uh, Rod and uh, Pastor Nick. And so the five of us will get together and have a great conversation. I should say, I, I think that's all going to happen. Yeah, we're hoping we'll in two weeks that that's what we're going to be putting on there. Uh, yes. It's possible. And the week after that uh, will hypothetically uh, be the conversation about me. Um, I, like, re- reluctantly, but um, what will happen, because it will be my last podcast. And we've had so many different conversations about a lot of different topics, and... Uh, from things about worship that have been very like um, there's not no outside influence happening like causing that conversation to have worship it was like what if we talked about worship and great we had Mike on we had that conversation we had a conversation with uh, the philosopher we also have been talking about current events and as people from uh, your churches are listening more and more and we're having people from Japan and Nepal listen more and more. And the possibility, like... Nobody's listening from Nepal yet. Yeah. yeah. But Germany, and so it's basically Arizona, Germany, and Tokyo. Those are the only people who listen to this podcast. There are, and, well, yeah, California does have the occasional listener. Yeah. I think we have one listener in yeah. California. So as we get to this place, eventually you will, you guys will get to, hopefully, to... to a thousand years and maybe I'll join back on ship after I get back for, uh, in a year from Korea uh, depending on what it looks like but that's what my next question is what do you guys want this to look like and uh, what do you think that it will because there's a lot of political conversations that don't necessarily will happen won't happen in the church that you won't be like well here's a political statement but would that ever even happen He's yeah. the train you hear the train? I mean, yeah, I Brian's point is... Brian is going, he's monologuing. He is, I know, I'm, he's I'm monologuing try, I'm hard, I'm but the to point's get, coming, and I'm we know to, that. I know, I'm trying to get through this and that explanation, but uh, in terms of what you po- want this podcast to be for the viewers and the listeners, uh, what is your hope for this podcast? Well, I, I would answer that by, by saying... Kind of what we the reason we started it was that we we once had some breakfast together where we had really great conversations about and it varied because <laughs> right. you know what it's like when you go out to breakfast with somebody and you don't know where it's going to go right um, and sometimes there's something in the news and that gets you and you find out you view it the same or you view it different and whatever and you and you have a good conversation about that and then you learn something from that conversation um, or it has nothing to do with anything in the news and it's just something that one of you is experienced or that's on your mind or something that's going on in your church. And, right. um, and so for us as pastors, we, we had these breakfasts before we were on the radio show and just found those conversations to be good. And we were like, well, the radio show's over. What if we shared those conversations? Those conversations? Right. So I guess what I, what I would hope is that Eric and I would continue to be friends and continue to have good conversations and learn from each other. And that we would continue to invite people to the table via the podcast for wherever that goes. Yeah. That's that's 
and I have, you know, somebody at our church volunteered to to be uh, to take your place if, if we were looking for somebody. Um, it's a young woman in our church who is definitely, a, she's an interviewer, so she would she would kind of press us pretty hard. Um, I just and made I a said, face of fear. Yeah, <laughs> I said, well, we might, that we might be something we were interested in trying out at times is having some guest hosts, people who might interview us or have us kind of think through things we wouldn't ordinarily think through when we are kind of just dialoguing back and forth. So maybe we'll have a series of guest hosts who will, you know, yeah. force us to talk. But my, my thing is, when I hung out with Andy, what I realized is that when it comes to being... I'll use some churchy words here, but when, I, when it comes to being missional, mm-hmm. Andy and I are the same on the same coin. We're heads and tails. <laughs> when it comes to being Calvinist, we're both Calvinists, but we're heads and tails. So we right. say the same things, but we come at it very differently. Yeah, you know, when it, all these things were like so alike, and yet it's basically we're we're the single coin. And I thought it makes for a really fascinating conversation. We're both young, you know, kind of in the alternative church mode but we've done that very differently uh, and so it's just fun like it's a conversation where I'm like wow if things go deep very quickly and I don't think people actually get to see that or hear that in in this in the United States or all over the world I think we have something very unique and cool to offer right and so I'm like hey let's keep offering and see if people like it and it's it does seem like there there's got to be like pastors out there that get together and talk but nobody else is invited to to listen in yeah totally and so that's and I think and we're unique even among I, I like what you're saying there, there is a lot of common ground for us but there are a lot of differences um, even even when we're saying the same thing we're saying it in a different way or we have a different <laughs> definition And yeah. but I think that's I think it's helpful to work through that and, the, and the, have people listen in I think yeah and I, I think when you say the different thing both of us what we have in common is that the structures that we worked in we always agreed with them but said them differently or thought about them differently or thought they could yeah. be practiced differently. And so when we got together, it turns out that we also thought differently, but the same. So it's just <laughs> yeah. made this really nice combination. So yeah, that's so why we're here. We just keep doing it. So look out for more of that. Yeah. Hey, I want to, uh, we're sneaking up on 47 minutes here, but um, really quick, like, you know, Brian asked a question about how do we how do we do this or whatever earlier on our topic of the, the bowing and everything and, and where that article concluded in my mind this is my assumption on, on it but it seemed to me that what he was saying was that the church should be maybe in my words more awkward meaning like we should have like Colin Kaepernick and Tim Tebow should go to the same church Amen right mm-hmm <laughs> They play on the same football field. They should go to the same church. And I I think our churches have tasted some of that. Like in, in recent times, you know, with a bigger divide between liberals and conservatives, both of our churches have both. Yes. And so it hasn't been just like we are the conservative bastion of, you know, of the Christian faith or, or the liberal side. It's like we have a, a mix of these views and a mix of these values, but a, a common faith in Christ Yes, to where that has to work out in relationship. And it's hard. It's super it's hard. It's really yeah. hard. Yeah. And I, I guess my answer to that would be, I think it should get worked out in the body of Christ as, as believers, especially. Um, and, and yeah, Kaepernick and Tebow should be in the same church. Right. And I, I, I think I'd like to end with just going back to what you said 
that both Kaepernick and Tebow, in some ways, are asking the culture to live out of faith. That, yeah. that in some ways, it's not fair that they're they're yeah. imposing something on a community that that I just don't think that's the way. It's not going to work. Right. And and it's I, I like that. I want to ponder that some more. Maybe even talk about more about what that looks like on yeah. some future podcasts. We could come back to that. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, and so, and then, and then the idea that you've been saying, which is key, is like. If, if what the scriptures are saying, Old Testament, New Testament, we are aliens, we're strangers here, what does it mean to live in a land that's not a shelter for us, it's not safe? And to understand that, to own that, and to be faithful to God, even though that's not, you know, never going to be the, the thing to do. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm very thankful that both of you have created spaces where those conversations can happen and you can pursue that uh, in an honest way and not have this high expectation that you have to do it perfectly. Uh, Pastor Andy, Pastor Eric, thank you so much for joining me again at Exo Coffee Roast uh, for Faith Over Breakfast. Uh, One last uh, time, a reminder to go to Village Conference 2017.com, correct? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, and uh, look into that. We'd love to have you join us. And before we, before we end, I wanted to say something I thought when I was driving here. If you are ever down around Exo Coffee and you get some coffee, just say to the barista, hey, like I come here because Faith Over Breakfast yeah. is, is podcasting, and I really like it here. So yeah, And thank them for letting us have the upper room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah seriously. Yeah, they're super generous. So yeah, thank them patronize them, <laughs> meaning eat their st- buy their stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>